Bibles this morning. Turn to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. And just pick up from verse 28. It says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood for I know this that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you not sparing the flock also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them therefore watch and remember and by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears let's open with a word of prayer Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for this day. We thank you, Lord, for another opportunity to be together in this place and to worship you in song and sing praises to your name. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to gather around your word now. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts through you this morning. You teach us, instruct us through your word. Lord, give me wisdom and guidance as I speak. I pray that it be your words, it would be your thoughts this morning that you would empower me through the Holy Spirit, and that, Lord, you would be honoured and glorified now in everything we do. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, of course, over the past few weeks, we've been uh, looking at Paul's farewell address here to the Ephesian elders. Um, and we said that it's a message here that can be divided into three parts. Okay? The first section, in verses 18 through to 21, Paul focuses on his past ministry uh, among the, the, the believers there, okay? And he talks about how he'd entered in, in, in the manner he'd come into them, and his motive, talked about his message that he preached as well. In the second section, verse 22 to 27, he turns his attention then to the present mission before him, okay? He looks at the, uh, the present mission, how he's going to Jerusalem, and he talks about how he's not going to turn away from the course that the Lord has set before him. And then finally, verse 28 to, 20, uh, to 35 uh, Paul issues them with a challenge, a challenge for uh, the future. We started looking at this uh, challenge last week and we saw basically uh, the first point of the message there. We talked about the charge that's given to the elders here, okay, the charge concerning their responsibility as the pastors of the church, as the shepherds. You know, They were charged with taking heed unto themselves and to uh, the flock, that God had put in their care. And then in verse 29, so that was verse 28, verse 29 now to verse 31, Paul now goes on to tell these Ephesian elders why it is so important. Why it's so important they take heed to themselves and why it's so important they take heed uh, to the flock that God has put in their care. And we see here this morning that Paul gives them a warning a warning, and there, there's three parts here to this warning. And first of all, we see here this morning that he warns them concerning dangers without. Dangers without. Verse 29, it says, For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. In verse 29, Paul begins with the statement, he says, For I know this. For I know this, Paul anticipated that sometime after he left, after he departed and 
And, you know, he already talked about how he wasn't coming back this way again. He probably wasn't going to see these uh, Ephesian elders ever again, see the church there again. And Paul anticipated that once he left, that they were going to face attacks from without the church. Now, as far as Paul was concerned, this was a certainty. You know, this was certainty. This was going to happen. He says, for I know this. He doesn't say maybe, possibly. It's a definite to him. It's a certainty. There was no doubt in Paul's mind what was coming. Now, this is probably based on the fact that he'd seen it happen in other places. He'd already seen this happen in other churches. Uh, he also knew what human nature is like. He knew the attacks of the devil. But, you know, also, without doubt, it's revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. I mean, he's speaking under divine revelation here, and so the Holy Spirit reveals this under him. He knows what's coming for the church at Ephesus. Now, until now, Paul's presence among them had helped to protect them. You know, Paul being there with them, he'd been there for three years, remember? Paul being with them had helped to protect this church. It had helped to keep the, the attacks at bay. You know, once he was gone, Paul knew that these attacks would soon follow. He says, for I know this, um, after, that after my departing, he knew that after he was gone, things were going to change. He knew after he was gone, these attacks would soon come. And he says that these attacks would come from grievous wolves. It says there in verse 29, for I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. He describes them as grievous wolves. And this, of course, here is he's referring to false teachers. Okay, False teachers from without the church who enter in and seek to lead people astray. Basically here, Paul continues the metaphor that he used in verse 28. Okay, in verse 28 we read, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers to feed the church of God which hath purchased with his own blood. And so in verse 28, as we looked at last week, he talks about the, the church as being a flock. And he talks about the, the, the pastor, the shepherd, Okay, the elder is the shepherd, the one caring for the flock that God has put in his care. And so using that same metaphor, Paul now describes false teachers as being wolves. Okay, the, the, the elder, the leader here is the shepherd taking care of the flock. These false teachers are wolves entering in, seeking to devour the flock. And he says that they are grievous. Well, was that word grievous there means um, heavy or weighty. It's the idea that they're strong, they're mighty, they're dangerous. He's trying to get across here the fact that this is a, a serious threat. Okay? They're grievous, they're strong, they're mighty, they're dangerous. And they're not going to spare the flock. He says that there in the verse. He says, not sparing the flock. That phrase, not sparing the flock, means that you know, these false teachers are not going to show any mercy. They're not going to show mercy. They're not going to... Not going to show mercy to the to the feeble, to the to the vulnerable members among the flock. No, they're going to devour the vulnerable. That's who they seek out. That's who they're looking for. He says they're going to they're going to devour these ones. Show no mercy. See, Paul knew that they would enter in with their their false teaching, and they would seek to uh, corrupt uh, the, the faith. Seek to get the people to doubt the truth. Get the people to to doubt what they believed, what they understood. Now, of course, their ultimate goal is to get people to turn away from the truth. 
Now, as we mentioned earlier, Paul had already seen this happen in other churches that he'd ministered in, that he'd, he'd had a hand in starting. He'd seen it happen at Galatia, where the false teachers had entered in. You know, in particular, they were the Judaizers, okay, that entered in teaching another gospel. Just turn over there to Galatians with me. Now, Darren's been going through Galatians, so we've seen a lot of this, but Galatians chapter 1. Let's <clears throat> read a few verses here. We actually read them this morning. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 6. It says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached, that, that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that I have received, so than that ye have received, let him be accursed. And so he speaks here about these ones who have entered in and, and they've troubled, they've perverted the gospel, they've preached another gospel unto the people. You turn over to chapter 3 as well. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse <clears throat> 1 there. It says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you, that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you? This only what I learn of you. Received you the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it yet be in uh, sorry, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit, and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith. He says there in chapter 3, he says that these Galatians were bewitched, bewitched by the false teachers who had come in, spreading their false doctrine, their other gospel. You know, they had entered in, and they hadn't spared the flock. They were grievous wolves. And they devoured the flock. And in particular, as we've seen uh, in adult Sunday school, their, their false teaching was all concerning the law. You know, that somehow you had to keep the law to be saved and keep the law to remain saved. And they planted seeds of doubt. They led people astray. They had not spared the flock there in Galatia. And Paul had seen this happen. You know, he'd also seen it happen at Corinth. If you turn over Second Corinthians chapter 11 with me. <clears throat> In 2 Corinthians 11, and just verse 4, <clears throat> it says, For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit, which ye have not received, or another gospel, which ye have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. He talks here again about people coming preaching another Jesus, another gospel, another doctrine. The same thing happened in Corinth. These people had entered in, these wolves had come. You see, the point is that this was a very real danger for the church at Ephesus. Paul had seen it happen. Paul was well aware of the pattern. He knew that this was going to take place. And so Paul is warning these elders here, the shepherds of the flock. He's saying, be on the lookout for these wolves. Be ready for the danger they pose. You know, even today, the threat from false teachers to the church is very real. It's a very real threat, a very real danger. Now, Christ himself warned about the danger of false teachers. If you go over to Matthew chapter 7, with me, Matthew 7. 
Matthew 7, just verse 15. It says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Now, Christ describes them here in almost the same terms as Paul, doesn't he? He describes them as being ravening wolves. But Christ also, as he says, they come in sheep's clothing. They look like the sheep. They end up being ravening wolves. He says they appear to be good. They appear to be innocent. They appear to be good men. But in reality, they have false doctrine and they're, they're there and they're a danger to the work of God. They're a threat to the flock. Now, what this tells us is that they're not always easy to spot, are they? False teachers, false doctrine, it's not always easy to spot. Now, this is why, as we saw last week in verse 28, the pastor is given this great responsibility of taking heed to the flock. The pastor is given this responsibility of feeding the flock, shepherding the flock. And we talked about last week the fact that the, the pastor's main responsibility is the teaching and preaching of the word of God. That's the means by which he feeds the flock, protects the flock, leads the flock. It's through the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. You know, the Word of God is what we need to feed upon as believers to be strengthened in the faith, to be built up. It's the Word of God that gives us the strength to stand. It's the Word of God that enables us to recognize false teachers and take a stand against them. Now, this is why he's given this warning here to the elders, because they have this great responsibility of being on the lookout for the flock. You know, the Apostle Peter, he also warned about false teachers coming and attacking the truth. Go over to Second Peter with me. I just want to read what Peter says. <clears throat> In Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1, 2 Peter 2 verse 1, it says, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction, and many shall follow their pernicious ways, for reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of, and through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now the long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. You know, Peter says that these false teachers are coming. It's a reality. He says, even as there shall be false teachers among you. And he says that they bring with them damnable heresies. And you notice what he says there in verse 2, and many shall follow their pernicious ways. The reality is that many will be deceived, and indeed many have been deceived by false teachers which makes it even more uh, urgent that we are ready and able to stand doesn't it because these false teachers are around we must therefore take heed to the warning of the apostle paul here take heed to the warning and be aware that there are these ravening wolves seeking to devour the flock to devour us as believers and secondly here, he says not only is there a danger from without, these false teachers entering in, but he says also there's a danger from within. Go back to, back to Acts chapter 20 there in verse 30 with me. Acts 20 and verse 30 says, Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. 
As Paul continues on, we see that not only is there a, a very real danger from the outside, there's also a danger from within. You know, Paul says here, also of your own selves shall men arise, arise, speaking perverse things. There was a very real possibility of false teachers arising and rising up from within the congregation itself, possibly even from among these elders. There's a very real danger of this happening. Now, Paul here says that men would arrive, arise, sorry, speaking perverse things. The Greek word translated perverse here means distorted or twisted. Speaking twisted things. You see, the idea is that Paul saw that there was a danger of men within the congregation twisting the word of God, twisting the truth to use it for their own benefits. Namely, to draw away disciples after themselves. That's what he says. Also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. That's the end game. The end game of these ones is to draw disciples to themselves. So they twist, they pervert the truth, they seek to gather a following. The term draw away here is is an image of pulling someone in a direction they shouldn't go. It's pulling people away from the truth, pulling people in a direction they shouldn't be going. Basically, these men that Paul is describing here in verse 30, these are men who cause division amongst the brethren. That's really what he's talking about here. If you like, they're heretics in the biblical sense of the word. A heretic is someone who causes division amongst the brethren. That's, that's what a heretic is. And that's what he's describing here. He's describing men amongst the church. They're probably even saved. But these ones have twisted and perverted the truth and they're gathering a following to themselves and they're causing division within the church. You know, Paul mentions this same idea over in Romans chapter 16. Just turn there, Romans 16. Romans 16 and verse 17 says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offences contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Now Paul told the Romans here, he said, Mark them which cause divisions. He says, Mark them, or Keep an eye out for, keep an eye on those ones who would cause divisions. You see, this was not just a problem that the church at Ephesus would face. This was a problem for churches in general. Something that Paul had seen happen in other places, just like his first warning, he'd seen it happen. He'd seen this happen as well, of people causing division amongst the brethren. In verse 18 there of Romans chapter 16, Paul talks about the motivation. He says, For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. Paul says the motivation of these men, these ones who rise up causing division, speaking perverse things, their motivation is their own belly. They're not serving the Lord, they're serving themselves. It's pride. It's selfishness. Their motivation is ambition seeking power, seeking a following for themselves, seeking authority 
They want to be important. They want men to follow them. And so they go about causing division, drawing men unto themselves, gathering a following, as he says there in verse 18, by good words and fair speeches. Their words are good, their speeches are good, and so they gather a following to themselves. Now we see an example of a man like this in 3 John. Turn over there, 3 John. In 3 John verse 9, we read this, it says, I wrote unto the church, but Geotrophes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Now John here writes, and he mentions this man, Diotrephes, and he really is the the opinion of what Paul is talking about. Here's this man within the brethren who's causing division amongst the brethren. And his motivation, John here says, is that he loveth to have the preeminence among them. That was his motivation. He wanted people to follow him. He wanted authority for himself. He wanted to have a, a position. And so he gathered a following for himself. He wanted power. He wanted authority. Now, as we saw before, he served his own belly. That's what he he served. It was pride. Because of this, we're told in verse 10 that he spread malicious words. You know, John says, pratting against us with malicious words. He was telling lies about John. He was spreading lies about John, seeking to divide the brethren. And not only that, when John sent his missionaries to the church, he turned them away. He wouldn't receive them. And anyone who did, he said, you're out of the church. This is how this man was behaving. You know, this is exactly what Paul was warning the Ephesian elders about. He was saying, watch out for this within the church. He said, there's not only a danger from without, but there's a danger from within. You know, these very things that Paul warned about, they ended up happening in Paul's lifetime in the city of Ephesus. They ended up happening. You know, his letters to Timothy, who of course was ministering in Ephesus, make it clear to us that some had been led away by false teachers and others were drawing men away with them. Just go over to 1 Timothy with me. Let's read some of these things that Paul writes to Timothy. 1 Timothy. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 3, says, As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. And drop down to verse 19, it says, Holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck, of whom is Hermonius and Alexandria, uh, sorry, Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. He actually mentions two of them by name, these ones causing problems. In the church of Ephesus. Uh, go over to chapter 6 as well. First Timothy chapter 6 <clears throat> and verse 3. It says, If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, not knowing nothing, 
but doting about questions and strife of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men, corrupt minds, uh, sorry, of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness from such, withdraw thyself. Again, he talks about these ones who have come in and their, their focus is all on the wrong thing. And they're causing division, they're causing problems in the church. And there's other verses we could read as well, where Paul speaks about this to Timothy. See, the very thing that Paul warned about ended up happening. False teachers entered in and false teachers arose from within. And Timothy has a real battle on his hands in the city of Ephesus. He has a real struggle with these things. I guess the point is that we shouldn't somehow think we're immune. That's the point, isn't it? We shouldn't somehow think that we're immune from these attacks. You see, just as there's a very real danger today of attacks from without, there's a danger from within as well. You know, if we're, our hearts aren't right with the Lord, then we might be the problem. The danger from within. And knowing that this is true, knowing there's dangers from without and dangers from within, what should our response be? Well, that brings us to our third point this morning. Paul tells the Ephesian elders, and he indeed tells us as well, he says there in verse 31, to be watchful. Be watchful. Verse 31, it says, Therefore watch. And remember that by the space of three years I ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Paul says to the Ephesian elders here, he says, therefore watch. Knowing the dangers on the outside and on the inside to the flock, Paul tells these elders here, these pastors, he says, be watchful. You know, the idea of this word watch here is to stay awake. He's saying, stay awake, be alert, be vigilant. As we saw in verse 28, you know, the, the elder's job, the pastor's job is to take heed not only to themselves, their own spiritual condition, but also to the spirit, spiritual condition of the flock, to the, the flock that God has put in their care. And we saw also there in verse 28, he says that the Holy Ghost had made you overseers. And that word overseer, we said, meant this very thing, to carefully watch over the flock, to watch over the souls of the flock that God has put in the pastor's care. You see, it was their responsibility as the pastors of the church at Ephesus to be watching for these dangers, to be alert, to be, to be wise to the attacks from without and the problems from within. To be wise to these things so they might do everything in their power to protect and warn the flock. Now, in order to encourage them at this point, Paul again reminds them of his own example. Okay, he goes on there in verse 31. He says, Therefore watch and remember, by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Paul reminds them that for three years he'd been doing this. For three years, Paul had been with them and he had been the one watching out for the flock. For three years, he'd been warning them night and day. And he says, with tears. We talked about it in verse 19, where it also mentions tears. Just go back there, verse 19. It says, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lion where the Jews. He said it there, but the tears here in both verses is talking about his emotional fervor over the spirituality of the congregation. Paul genuinely cared for them. He shed tears for them. You see, he didn't want any of them to fall prey to the wolves entering in. 
He didn't want to see divisions. He didn't want to see factions within the church. He wanted to see them united in serving the Lord. And so Paul, for his three years, he had been faithful in this role. Faithful in his role as the watchman, warning them of the dangers and ensuring that they were instructed and and built up in the faith and ready to stand. And now it was the elders' responsibility. Paul's leaving, it's now their responsibility to be the watchman, to remain alert, to be vigilant. See, if the shepherd is asleep, then what hope do the sheep have? That's the point. They had to remain alert. They had to remain watchful. You know, this is the great burden and responsibility laid on the pastor even today. We spoke about it last week, but here is 13. Verse 17 says, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they must give an account, and they, uh, so they may do it with joy and not with grief, for this is unprofitable for you. The pastor has that responsibility of watching for the souls of the congregation and giving an account to God one day. The pastor has this responsibility of, of being alert, being watchful, being alert to the dangers without and the danger from within. Seeking to warn of that danger. You know, this comes back to the pastor fulfilling his role, verse 28, of teaching and preaching the word of God to feed and shepherd the flock. So the, the flock is fed and protected and led in the right paths. You know, while it's the pastor's responsibility to watch and to warn, there's also an individual responsibility too, isn't there? There's an individual responsibility of watching when it comes to false teachers and false doctrine. You know, 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 13, Paul wrote this. He said, watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit ye like men, be strong. That's a, a command for all of us, isn't it? All of us to watch and stand fast. Also in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 6, he says, Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. See, as individual believers, we also must be watchful. We must be alert to the dangers. You know, in the book of Jude, a book that's written all about false teachers who are going to come in the last days, and we're living in the last days, all about these false teachers who will come, Jude warns us all to earnestly contend for the faith. Just go over there, and we'll finish there this morning to the book of Jude. The book of Jude in verse 3, it says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of a common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord jesus christ he says they're earnestly contend for the faith why because they're these men who have crept in unawares it's these false teachers it's the responsibility of all us as believers to contend for the faith contend for the truth of god's word to stand firm in the face of those who would corrupt it it's the responsibility of all of us to be watchful to be alert you know thankfully jude tells us how we do this you drop down to the end of the book of Jude, verse 20. Jude says this, But ye, beloved, 
building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. How do we contend for the faith? We contend for the faith by taking heed unto ourselves. We contend for the faith by focusing on our own walk with the Lord. We're told in verse 20 there, he says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. How do we build ourselves up in the faith? By spending time in the Word of God, don't we? Spending time daily with the Lord in the Word, studying the Word. You know, just coming on Sunday and being fed by the pastor is not enough. We all have to be in the Word of God daily, feeding upon the Word of God so we might be strengthened in the faith. The Word of God is our foundation. It's the thing we're built upon. We're built up in, that we're strengthened upon. The more we spend in God's Word, the greater understanding we have of God's Word, the doctrines of God's, God's Word, so we can recognize false teaching. We know what we believe and why we believe it. Verse 20, we're also told to spend time in prayer. It says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Spend time in prayer. They go hand in hand, don't they? Spend time in the Word of God each day and spend time in prayer with the Lord. They go together. If we're going to be mature and strong in the faith, then we've got to be doing both. If we're going to be strong and and alert, watchful to the dangers, then both are essential. And by doing these things, according to verse 21, we keep ourselves in the love of God. What's that mean? What's the idea of walking daily in the light of God's love? Walking in sweet fellowship with him. Walking in obedience to his word. So the point is, if we are going to stand in the face of false teachers, if we're going to stand in the face of false doctrine, if we're going to be watchful and alert, then we must ourselves be strong in the faith. Walking in sweet fellowship with the Lord each day. You know, if we're not strong in the faith, then we're the vulnerable ones, aren't we? We're the vulnerable ones. We're the ones who are going to be attacked first of all by the wolves. We're the ones who are going to get confused by that, that book or whatever it might be that's been handed around. Because we're not ourselves strong in the faith. We're not walking in the light of God's love. See, we need to be daily in the Word of God, daily in prayer, so we might be walking in the light of His love. You know, the pastor... The pastor is like the watchman upon the city walls. His job is to to warn, to warn when danger comes. But as individuals, there's a responsibility to be ready to respond, isn't there? Responsibility to be alert, ready, and able to respond accordingly. That comes through being in God's word every day, built up upon our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping ourselves in the love of God. You know what, when we do that, It's God who keeps us from falling, isn't it? Verse 24, he says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. Present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. God is the one that keeps us from falling when we spend time in his word, time in prayer, and we're walking in sweet fellowship with him. Let's close in a word of prayer. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. And Lord, the warning that's given here to the Ephesian elders is, Lord, a a warning that's true for today. And Lord, Jude tells us that false teachers are are going to increase more and more towards the the last days uh, before your return. 
And Lord, I pray that you would help us all to be ready and watchful, to be alert. Let us be in your word every day in prayer so we might be keeping ourselves in the love of God. So that, Lord, we might not be prey to the wolves, so that we might not fall, will not cause division. Lord, I pray you help myself and Pastor Davies also, Lord, to do our job as the watchmen, as the shepherds of the flock. We pray you bless now as we close in Jesus' name.